2: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll, and one of my oldest friends in the wrestling business, Dr. Luther, returns with some crazy stories about the time he spent working in South Africa. He had things thrown at him in the ring, was almost shot by militia members, and had to explain the difference between barbed wire and razor wire to save his own life. He's also talking about his tryouts for ECW, WCW, and WWE, and why none of them resulted in long-term contracts and then what happened when he finally did get offered a contract from AEW earlier this year which of course leads to uh tonight's big main event of jericho and hager versus the chaos project luther and serpentico wednesday night on AEW dynamite for the jericho 30 celebration make sure you check it out and check out the uh luther video that was posted on dark and posted on my instagram kind of explaining more about this guy and What he's done throughout the years and how big this match is for both of us. So Luther's coming up part two. And so is a new episode of the Winnipeggers tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. Dave Spivak and Rybo are doing uh, Maiden Winnipeg with me uh, as an Iron Maiden. We're telling the story in all its drunken glory about the time we went to see Iron Maiden at the Los Angeles Forum in 2008 with Gabe and Eli Roth. Included a stop in Las Vegas, a run in with Courtney Love, and a backstage hang with members of Anthrax, Slayer and Metallica. So check out the new episode of the Winnipeggers tomorrow at nine PM Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. All right, let's get to Doctor Luther Part Two, right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Alright, so after the amazing part one, which at this time, neither one of us are quite remembering <laughs> exactly what we talked about, but it's the return of Dr. Lusa, Dr. Rusa. Uh, but even though you're hearing this a few weeks later, or months or whatever, uh, this is the next night, and you had another match night. It's the first time you've worked twice in a row here in AEW. Tired, beat <laughs> up. Yeah? From- it was awesome. How was it, like, because uh, you had, this is your third match, so you had, but you had two
3: successively mm-hmm. here in AEW. And one was, like, a, uh, I guess, hardcore match. hmm And I got beat up pretty good. It was awesome. <laughs> I love it. And then today's was, uh, I just did my thing. It was an enhancement match. Enhancement. Which is
2: interesting because we were talking about
3: how, for Dark, they're doing a lot
2: of enhancement matches. But a lot of the guys don't understand what the concept of an enhancement match is. I had an enhancement match tonight, too, with Pineapple Pete, mm-hmm. and I was explaining to some of the guys, because a lot of guys got hurt, and they're giving too much to the guys, mm-hmm. and this is not being a jerk, it's just that's how wrestling works. So, so there's there's levels, hierarchy, and when you're a contracted performer against a non-contracted performer, you basically...
3: You need to put yourself on what you can do over, because mm-hmm. at that point... That's when you're selling yourself your wares to the people.
2: Yeah, and a lot. Of, yeah. I think a lot of guys came from the from the mindset of like, well, we have to have a good match every night. And if you're working on the indies and you're going to you know Tacoma on a Saturday and Seattle on a Sunday and Everett on a Monday, you want to have on who's doing Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Split. <laughs> no, no, I was like thinking that would have been right. Well, Friday's not a good night for wrestling. <laughs> what else? What? Um, is, is that it's you, not you, a style. Yeah. <laughs> <down. laughs> But you want to try and uh, have the best match possible. When you get these enhancement matches, it's mm-hmm. the rare time when you can, like you said, show off all your stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the guys now didn't understand that and think they're supposed to have these fifty-fifty matches. You did not have that tonight. I
3: did not. Uh, he punched me a couple times. Right, like, but that's but that's the era that we came up with. Was was the and I didn't even show all my stuff because there's going to be more. Like, did you ever do any
2: enhancement matches as an enhancement talent?
3: Like in Stampede? or uh, Yeah, when I started. Because, yeah. you know, when you start, that's kind of your role to right. just get in there. Uh, I remember, like, it wasn't Stampede. It was, like, CNWA wrestling. Um, when I got in there, that's what I was. And I remember wrestling Ron Ritchie, who was, like, the big – he was the champion there. Yeah, And I did like, you know, six minutes of enhancement for him. And he really li- he liked me because I listened. And then he asked to wrestle me again. And we went longer. And he gave me more. And then he asked to wrestle again. And I think I wrestled him like four or five times. I remember one time uh, he was still the champ. And we went to Edmonton. And we, we got like 20 or 30 minutes. And he gave me like a ton of it. Like on a house show? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But he gave me like most, probably 70. Because he liked to sell. He was a good that was this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Big yeah, I remember, I remember the
2: Ron Richie sell. Where he'd be like, oh, bag with the hand." That's actually where
3: I learned to do baby face selling because it was great. He was a great baby face seller, yeah. yeah, But he gave me a tons of, like, and I was just kind of earning my stripes with him. You know what I mean? Because I listened, didn't hurt didn't hurt him. That's the big thing. And you can work. Yeah. Rule number one, don't hurt the signed
2: talent. Right. We I had mean, three guys go down tonight from that yeah. happening. Yeah. You know? I remember Ron Richie when we first started. He was like, Super nice, but like he at this point he was just kind of a weekend warrior. But he was one of those guys that was like um what's the uh the chick from Silent Live that's always sad? Oh Debbie Downer.
3: Oh yeah. Oh. Ronnie De- Downer. <laughs> I drove back from Edmonton one time and he drank like a case of beer <laughs> on the three hour ride and was like that the whole time. But he told us like, you
2: know, you guys you look so great, you work so hard, but the but the business is done. If you would have come out ten years earlier, you guys would make huge money, maybe huge stars, but now You basically don't have a chance. This was like 1990. I'm just like. My
3: other favorite Ron Ritchie thing is his opponent one time was in the ring waiting for him. And his song played all the way through. I was there. And then it played again. What did it play like five times or four times? And they're like, where's Ron? Everyone's running. He was in the bathroom taking a a dump. (laughs) 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 And his his music just kept playing. think four or five times through. And how long is the song? Three, four minutes? <laughs> like, how long's the dump here? Like, and do you not know
2: that you're probably on at some point? Like, uh, dude. I, I, uh, I, I the, the last match Gene Kinnisky ever had, the great Gene Kinnisky, was as me and Lance. Runs, I remember that. Run Storm's partner. And his music was playing. And he was sitting there. Like, you know the old timers? They would sit there with no pants on.
3: Like, with their boots. With their boots.
2: <laughs> I remember Bob Brown would pay us with his... One hand on his oh on his god, and the other hand,
3: so gross. And he rubbed it around, and then try to like pay you with the same. One hand. hand with his
2: wheel ski and one hand with the money. And you wanted the money, but you didn't want the the, the Franks that's and like, beans juice. But he was he was sitting there with no pants on, and his music. And he didn't know what music was playing. It was our music. I think it was like Firehouse Overnight Sensation. Something that fit him really good. That was our music, though. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm like uh, 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 Gene. This is our music. Like, oh, this is our music. Okay." He put it's the classic old-school old-timer. He finishes his cigarette, takes the last drink of whatever he's drinking, crushes out the cigarette, stands up, then pulls up his pants, <laughs> then goes, all right, boys, let's go. And we go to the ring. I'm like, that's your warm-up? Pulling up your pants and smoking a cigarette?
3: Well, that was my warm-up tonight other than the cigarette part. You just so. pulled up your pants? Yeah, I pulled up my pants, kind of. Pulled
2: them down, pull them up, pull them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. warm up. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Uh, he goes, uh, I told my wife, if you want to have sex... Pull my wiener once. If you don't want to have sex, pull my wiener a hundred times. So um, we we left off part one, the exciting uh, episode part one, which was great. And we were talking about basically 33 years career and also 30 years of friendship that we have. We could probably Mm -hmm. do 10 podcasts, but we wanted to focus more. Um, we talked about Japan last time and kind of more the Calgary and that sort of thing. kind of
3: always talked about kind of that, bring up that equation.
2: Yeah, but we yeah. wanted to talk about your South Africa because you really wanted to bring this up. Because South Africa, is, I've never been there. So hmm. this is something that you know a lot about. And so let's kind of talk about the whole South Africa scene and, and tell us kind of what you did there. Um, well, over, over it the was
3: year. really crazy there. Um, so... I got booked because Gamma Singh was going there, and he was crazy popular. He was like Hulk Hogan there. Gamma
2: was a guy that worked in Calgary for years. He's with Impact as a now, top heel. He's with Impact. Yeah, yeah Don yeah. bought him into yeah, Impact.
3: Yeah, it's super nice guy. But why
2: was he so popular in South America, uh, South Africa? Because he just of gone there? there
3: for a lot. A lot of Indians there. Gotcha. And he's been there a bunch and uh, over like Rover. Right. Like. It was crazy, which is kind of was kind of weird because in Calgary he was always like the most hated villain. Karachi Vice, yeah, yeah, ever. And then there he's like Uber babyface.
2: So was he putting together a tour and brought
3: some? Calgary guys? So they were guys? putting together. They got brought some Calgary guys and. Um, I'll tell this story. We'll go back to it, but this this little story here. I'll, I'll skip. To we're the gonna end. go all over the place again. It's gonna be all over. Yeah. So, anyways, I go there, do the tour, but coming home from that tour, I get stopped in England. We have to go through England or whatever. And they wouldn't let me um, get on get on the plane, so I flew all the way to South Africa to do the tour. Halfway back, and then they wouldn't stop because they're they're on my tickets to St. Clair, but my 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 all my ID that's not say St. Clair. And she's like, "Well, that's a different name." I was like, "What?" She's like, "You're this is a different name." And so I look, and and I was like, "Oh, that's like my wrestling name or my stage name." And they wouldn't believe me, and so then I had to try to tell them like. No, this is but I flew all the way there with it saying St. Clair the whole time and no one even said anything. And this is like pre-9/11
2: where you might be able to get in with like that. And there's also like nowadays sometimes it happens if I check into a hotel it's like well it says a Chris Irwin on your ID but Chris Jericho I can always go Google something and go this is oh, Chris Jericho yeah. same guy. You couldn't do that
3: then. Nope, couldn't do that and uh I just had to like kind of Sweet talk. How'd you get through it? I just tried oh, to tell him like this: this is a stage name, and I was with a couple charm. other guys, and we were yeah. Another time, going to South Africa from Japan, I went to do a tour of Japan, and I came back. Something was with my visa at the time was run out, and the the guy stopped me and wouldn't let me in, and I basically bullied him. Like I just came the uh, <laughs> real, you know, when I get real quiet for a minute, and my <laughs> eyes get all That's dilated. Lead, yeah. yeah. And then I started, like, kind of yelling at him. And he's like, ooh, and he snapped my thing and let me through. That would never fly now. No. I would have been put in jail. That happened to me one time when we were on a Fozzie tour or somewhere. I had the light-up jacket. And this
2: was a bad decision, which I used to do. It would be drink all night on the bus ride back to the airport and then just go straight to the airport. You'd have to wait three, four hours and still keep drinking. And then by the time you go to the customs, you're even more loaded. And I had the light-up jacket with me, and it wouldn't. Uh, he's like, well, what, what is this? And I go to the little German room, and it's like, It's a light up jacket, dude. And I have no time for this because I know what it is, but some people see this and they think, Oh, there's wires and the batteries. And oh, it's yeah. better than some kind of bomb. It's a and bomb. it's like, It's not. It's a light up jacket. He goes, Well, turn it on. I go to turn it on, and the batteries were dead. It wasn't working. Oh, I got so pissed. I was like, Give me the f- jacket. I'm got here. This is stupid. Give me some battery. Give me. It. And I'm like, What am I doing? But I can't stop. Thankfully, I, there was an English guy in there who was a fan. Who got me out, but I'm like, nice. God,
3: you can't be yelling at But the- you get on a roll and you, yes, can't you stop. Can't stop, right? Yeah, that's how uh, that's what happened to me. But the guy let me in, and I was like, Well, I just totally bullied my way in. So, you go to you go to South Africa so, with Gamma, go to South Africa Ga- with Gamma. It was we would perform in like tennis stadiums packed, like 30,000 people, mm. like it was crazy, or like huge arenas, it's like sold out, which was. Probably the biggest crowds. How long like, was the tour? I did five tours there, and that one was—I want to say it was like a month, maybe. Or so or you would go over for months. So you would do these shows. Paul and came well, on the first one with me. Paul was Paul on the first. In one. Yeah. Would this be bigger than like a Tokyo
2: Dome crowd? Or um, not Tokyo Dome,
3: whatever you go. What do you used to do? Oh, Yokohama Stadium. No. Oh, I would say, wow, a little bit less than that, maybe. Yeah, gotcha. but it was like a lot. But the, the difference is, like Japanese crowds really respect the wrestling and and they love it. And over there, they—I don't know—I wouldn't say they respected it because they would try to kill us or stab us or hit us with things. (laughs) Um, So coming back from there was this overhang to get to our dress rooms, and people would hit you with sticks, like sticks, or throw rocks, or throw batteries, or throw yeah. And so I came up i was i just grabbed a chair and would hold it over my head and then you could hear it like hitting and then all of a sudden i know now everyone's doing that like dude.
2: hail on the yeah. roof of
3: your cars but it was scary as hell and i i knew something was wrong like so we get there and there's like is it militia is that the army guys is that yeah, the militia. right word militia so there's like militia guys there are army guys or something and um they all have like there's there's german shepherds everywhere and they got like big machine these guys guns. are on your side yeah they're like the security Wow and I was like I mean I've been in a lot of arenas a lot of different venues I've never seen Barn
2: security yeah
3: and I'm like so when I see that I mean the first thing that goes in my head is like this is not good or the, you know what I mean like right. so and then the fans are crazy my first tour there the wrestling was rounds like mm. British style like five rounds of three minutes or right. something. Which, have you done that when you were in England?
2: Uh, it remember? was Hamburg. They had rounds, but they stopped it right before the first show because WWE was there
3: at that point. So I didn't okay. wrestle the rounds. It's hard because as a heel, you have to try to build up heat, and all of a sudden, boom, end, and then you got to start over. It's like a
2: 30-second break in between.
3: Yeah, and then you got to try to get everything back. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's killed at that time, you know? And so, Were you,
2: Do- were you Dr. Luther at that point?
3: I went the, as the Atomic Punk, uh-huh. and... Uh, but they called me something on the posters too, auto. And I think they wrote "Automatic Punk" or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind of kills the whole. And run, then
3: right? uh, Paul was a Death Wolf Fenris when they wrote "Deadly Wolf" or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just for Deadly so Wolf. Stint. It's fine. So yeah, we did that. Did that tours and. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like another tour, I remember being there. One of the guys got stabbed by a fan for like twenty six stitches or something crazy. Right. Um, so
2: they're pretty crazy there.
3: Super crazy. There was, it was two, um, two different promoters would run, and but they'd share the talent. So it was kind of divided. It was sort of like two tours, but they each had the same shows, and uh, one of the guys. W- was an East Indian guy that owned all these um, hotels and things like that. So that's where he made his money, and that's where we stayed. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was this guy from Yugoslavia that was there that was uh, like a pimpers or something like a that. A pimpster, a pimpster? Because... We stayed at a brothel. That's where he put us up in Johannesburg. Really? So Johannesburg was like the murder capital of South Africa. At one point, I, heard, I read when we were there, it averaged like 50 murders a day or something like that. Did you say that people were walking on the streets so with in, AIDS-infested needles and would just stab people? Yeah, it was crazy. And then um, I know that we ha- all had bodyguards when we were there. And we were told, like, when we were in, in this Hillsborough place, uh, Paul knows has a way better memory than me, <laughs> but... We're, we were told not to go out on our own. Hmm. Like, if you go anywhere you We've need. We've had
2: that before, though, in certain areas. Like I remember, like, in like, like India was like that, and, like,
3: Colombia was it's like scary, that. It's scary, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Don't leave this compound that we're on.
3: And then um, at nighttime, like, all you can hear is, like, screaming and guns and sirens. Oh and it was like a war almost. Were you guys getting good payoffs? Uh, I mean, it was okay, yeah. I mean, I don't think it was... Japan money, but right. I can't remember how much I made, to tell you the truth. But, it, I mean, it was good enough to go there. Mm. But, you know, when you're, you're still sort of struggling, you go anywhere that right, offers yeah. you a tour. And plus, it's, it's, there's an adventure. You're, yeah, you're South going to South Africa. New. I mean, shit. And so we go to this hotel, and as soon as you walk in, you've got to go through, like, like, a jail cell gates or whatever. They buzz you through, and then you go through another one. And then there's this big sand pit that says, disarm your firearm. So you got to shoot your bullet in there or something like that. Oh, like to get rid of the bullets? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is
0: look, we never see stuff right. like that. This is a older side was, anymore. That was
3: crazy. And then you get through another gate, like it's like getting into Fort Knox. And then um, we want to eat, and then they're like, oh, there's a family restaurant. So to get to this family restaurant, you got to walk through this little kind of like a casino thing with all these slot machines and stuff. And then it goes into another room, which is like a nightclub, like a full-on nightclub. And I didn't really pay attention because, like, I was just—you know—when you get super hungry, it's like that's all you can think about. Right. So I'm just like want to find it. So then I walk through this nightclub and I look in the back and I can see in in these big letters it says Family Restaurant. So I was like, this is a weird, thing to get a family restaurant. So I walk in there and I'm looking at the menu. So you, t- you tell me before I get it, what would you think? What does family restaurant mean? That would
2: be kind of like a Denny's, eggs, bacon, yeah. uh, hamburgers, you know, maybe spaghetti, that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, like on a Sunday, Saturday morning, you like take the pancakes, girls. And yeah. You go, for, Yeah. So we go in there and I'm looking and the waitress comes up and, and then I see what I want. And so I go to what, the, what I do all the time. I point at and I go to tell her. I look up. Totally topless. And I'm like, this says family restaurant <laughs> outside in big letters, <laughs> and I look, and I look back down and I was look I remember looking around the table, and everybody was just looking at I was like, so I was just like, oh, I'll get the number um, seventeen <laughs> it's
2: the Puerto Rico family restaurant it's the, yeah
3: so and then when after we eat, I'm still like thinking this is really weird, and then we go back out to the to the nightclub and then like all these you know everyone's on you, and I was like, oh, this is like a Filipino den or something, right, right. and then I realized we're in a broth. He put us up in a brothel, or he owned it, or I don't even know. But I just stayed in my room. And then he we, they made us share like it was this little tiny room, and it was me, Paul, and PN News had to share a room, <laughs> which it's like eight hundred pounds of man, gross. <laughs> but we all shared this this yeah. It was it was crazy, and it was loud all the time because stuff going on, but.
2: And before we continue, I just want to give a tribute and a a shout out to the legendary Eddie Van Halen, who passed away just yesterday, Uh, today actually, as I'm recording this, just found out about it uh, about an hour ago, and one of the greatest of all time, and um, I posted this on Instagram, when you're a step up from being the greatest guitar player of all time, your name is Eddie Van Halen. Thank you for the riffs, Eddie, the solos, the good times, the energy, the attitude, the amazing live shows. And that smile, oh, that I'm bringing whiskey to the party tonight and I don't need a glass because it already comes in a bottle type smile. God bless you, Edward Van Halen. Your work with Van Halen and your music has done more to make the world a happier place than you'll ever know. And one more thing, after taking Neil Peart, Kobe Bryant, and now EVH from us, 2020, will you kindly just fuck off already? All right. Thanks for all your work, Eddie. And uh, thanks to Luther for returning here on Talk is Jericho. Let's get back. To the action how did you start to like become kind of
3: one of the bookers there or whatever it was that you were doing you oh, were doing uh, i never booked well i mean there, you whatever. were one
2: of the kind of the top guy
3: yeah eventually because i did a couple tours and then i stayed there for a while too for like a year or so but i remember the reasons we shan't discuss <laughs> but yeah, girl stuff.
2: Well, my own, and let me just forward, uh, uh, interject here is that we went to uh, I had gotten you into W.A.R. Doctor mm-hmm. Luther, and you were doing great, and then you made the the smart decision to move from Canada to <sighs> yeah. South Africa, which doubled their flight costs and kind of halved your tours. <laughs> yeah, cut
3: kind them of in half, but hey, we do strange things, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I did it for love. Sometimes the nanny talks. Then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then. Um, so you were there for a year. So, so, so one of the also one of the weirdest things. Some guy wanted to he want. So I'll tell you about two different companies. Another two different companies that work there. So this guy kept getting a hold of me. Hey, I want to start running. Come want to start running shows, and I'm a promoter, and like he's telling all this stuff, and I'm like. You know, when dudes are not promoters, you can tell them all the way. But he's wanting to throw all this big money at me. So I was like, sure, I want this. And so I gave him this huge, hefty price because I knew, thought that would scare him away. But he totally said, okay. So he paid me off front. I was like, well, this is crazy. Then he just wanted to take, like, pictures of me working out on the beach and training for it and all this. And I was like, this is weird. But he's like, oh, it's for magazines. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I do it. And then comes time for the show. And it's, um, there's one guy in South Africa named Tornado. He was the only guy that could wrestle. Tornado, but, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The rest, every other dude there was terrible. Hmm. Like, terrible. It's like, not, hardly trained. Oh, my shit, God. Yeah. So, put it this way, we're on the bus going to a show one time, and this guy's talking. He's like, yeah, how long have you been working? And I think at the time, I'd been working like 13, 14 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, thirteen years, and so the guy's like, oh, seven years or whatever, and he's like, oh, I've been working like twenty four years. And I look at him, and I'm like, wow, dude, you look young, like twenty four years. It's like, and so I was like, how old are you? And he's like, 26. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've been working twenty four years, dude. He was in the baby wrestling league. Well, he goes, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, my uh, dad took me to wrestling when I was twenty. I was like, you know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, that's what I was like. So I played in the NHL. <laughs> right, right, right. I was an Iron Maiden. Yeah. I I, was, I sang, played guitar and bass.
2: It's one of those things like I remember like like Bob Puppets or something. God bless him. Or uh, would be like, oh, I've been working for 10 years. And imagine
3: he had 16. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One or two a year. Yeah. It's, and so he was, but he was like totally straight faced, totally believed all. And so I was like, w- so I finally was like. And they, and they kept talking to these guys and I was sitting there and I couldn't take because I was like oh my god so I was like when did you physically start training he's like oh like a year ago I was like okay. so you've been working a year yeah that's how it works you know as right. like not not more than that right right right, right. Um, so but that's their logic like mm. every guy there that was their logic except for Tornado who was actual seemed like he had he was smart and he was pretty good actually so he's like this, this promoter guy books me and, and tornado for this it was at a fair and the fair was pretty big and i was like oh that's cool so we get there and there's a ring which i don't know how he got a ring but he had to hit the ring and then i had my own dressing room and um i did not have a rider i should have thought of that back see? then right. yeah you're smart man. The writer, yeah. you're smart so i get in there and um so I was like, well, where's the other boys? And they're like, oh, Tornado's in his dress. I was like, no, like the rest of the boys. He's like, oh, no, it's just you two. I was like, you booked a whole show with just two guys? They are like us, <laughs> dude. he's like, oh, yeah, what was I supposed to do? I was like, and I was like, I thought you said you were a promoter. Like, this isn't a show. Right. This is like one exhibition or whatever. So then he comes back a little bit later. He's like, oh, I got a couple more matches. <laughs> and I was like. Where did you get He's like, "Oh, yeah, some guys that were out." So I was like, "So you're just pulling people out of the audience to wrestle, <laughs> right?" So that was the show. He's just getting people to wrestle. And then it's nighttime like cuz we start later. We had to do something else which I'll, I'll I'll jump to after this part, little promo we did for this show at the fair that almost got me killed. But so it was nighttime and it's time for our match. So I go out and it's pitch black. And you you know when you so at nighttime when you can sort of see things like but you can't see things so i can see the ring and i can see there's a lot of people there and i was like so i I, but i was looking around i was like so you're turning the lights on when we start and he's like the what i was like where are the lights and he's like oh i didn't get lights so i was like are you expecting us to wrestle in the pitch black in front of these people he's like well i didn't think of that it's like They could have done like we did in Mexico one time when the same happened. They just turned on some car headlights. That's what this guy did. So he pulled cars around. But the problem is straight in your eyes and you can't see the ropes or anything. (laughs) So I had him turn uh, the one side or actually like two sides or whatever of no car. So the lights were just coming one way. And I tried just to work off the one side of the ring the whole time (laughs) that I could kind of see. But I was like, oh, it was terrible. So he set up this thing, though. Earlier in the day, in the fair, they had um, a radio station. And, and over there, there, I think there's only like one or two stations. It was, you know, back then. And uh, so they had this, uh, like, camper van thing. That's where the radio was in there, or the DJ or whatever. So me and Tornado were supposed to go do interviews. So I told Tornado to go first and talk, and then I was going to, like, barge in there. Because um, I was the big heel and then demand that this is my time, you know the whole yeah, the yeah, whole stick. but they totally believe like believe everything's real there. Tornado a cop in real his real day job or whatever. So he's in there and he's talking and then I slam the door open and then I, I go in there and I start screaming at him about this is my time and then I start screaming at the DJ that like how dare you book times and now it's him. So I had some buddies listening to this as we're as it was all happening, and he they said it went dead air, and it's never gone dead air like Do it just stopped. So this DJ guy freaked out, and then because I start pushing tornado and I'm yelling because we're doing the whole stick, and he so he hits like abort on the on the <laughs> the feed, and and then runs out, and I'm like holy shit, this is crazy. So then I turn to leave, and. As I walk out, I hear "Get down, get down on the ground." I look up and there's like ten dudes with machine guns pointed at me, what? and I'm like, oh, yeah, like like army guys or the militia guys." Yeah, yeah. and because they thought I was hijacking the radio station, <laughs> so they called like these these dudes <laughs> in, and so like I go down on my knees and I'm like, I'm scared shitless because the all I can think of is one of these idiots is going to shoot me by accident. Right. And I'm like down, my hands are up, and I've never been in trouble before, or whatever. And so, and then I'm down the ground. And they're like, "Get down, get down." I'm like, "Down." And I'm like, "I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything." And then the DJ guy's like, "Yeah, that's him. I can hear him yell. That's him." And then Tornado comes out and he's like, trying to tell him, "Like, no, I'm a cop, and this is a in, show, a show." And so they take the sergeant. The sergeant guy goes to talk with Tornado and the promoter, but then keeps everybody guns pointed at me, like I'm not allowed to move. And then they go talking, and then they come out, and then he just waves everyone off, and they go, and I'm like, "That was one of the Dude, scariest moments ever." Yeah, but what they one just of the believed just it. Goes off. That's yeah. what I said. Like one of these idiots just hair, you know, pulls a hair trigger or whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah, and so I should have known to walk away from that because I was earlier in the day, and then at nighttime we had no lights and nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that was that was like super crazy. Um,
2: but so when you were living there for the year. Mm-hmm. Did they start having matches? Because you mentioned that like yeah, you, do you tours, did Like something they, like you, you were a pioneer in South Africa. So
3: I had the first barbed bar wire match in South Africa, me and Tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had like 18,000 people in this big arena. Um, How are you
2: drawing 18,000 people? Though? Are you on TV? or?
3: Um, they didn't have TV, but they promoted, I think, gotcha. probably on TV. And there's the thing is, this is the 90s still. They had like one channel there. Good point. Two channels. There Even though it was like only it was like, like 20
2: years ago, 25 years ago, it might as well have been a hundred compared to what we do with it.
3: there was nothing to do. It's like when we used to wrestle and go to towns; we'd still drop pretty good. It's like because there's nothing to do. Where's the wrestling at? Too? Yeah, where's yeah. the wrestling? Are you? Are you the Big Show? <laughs> <laughs> and well, then when did you get asked if you were the Big Show? Remember, I did some reservation. I've been asked two times, well, a couple times, uh, if I was the. Where's the Big Show? Another one asked, kept asking me if I was uh, the Rock. <laughs> um, I've, and I, well, I kind of look like the Rock. Oh well, yeah, you it. got
2: the dashing good looks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I'm a little better, but you know, I'm not gonna. That's splitting hairs. That's nitpicking so, isn't it? That's nitpicking. <laughs> but um, so it it was crazy. So we're having that one was a really crazy show too because I don't usually walk out to like look at the ring like even in our shows now like sometimes I'll go out and walk around the ring just to see what is. Just see what's up, but okay. I, I I've only gone in there to you know practice sort of one time. I practiced one move with mm. the QT one time to see how my my arm right, was right. doing because I won't do a move if I'm not good at mm-hmm. it. So there was a move which I, is a
2: very veteran thing that you learn over time. If you're not good at it, don't do no, it. No, I
3: won't do it. Right, and so there was a move I used to do until I tore my triceps. So I wasn't sure how I would be at it. So I went to practice it with one of the enhancement guys, and I. I could do it, but it didn't look how I'd want it to look, so I didn't do it. Mm. I came up with something else. Never do stuff you're not used to. Right. You know,
2: Never do something for the first time on live TV.
3: No. I won't do a move for me, and I won't even do a move for you, even if it's a move you do. If I'm not going to be good at it, I'm going to tell you because I'm going to make it look like crap, and it's going to look bad for you and me. And to me, I never get mad at a guy, even your status. If you – you shouldn't be – mad at me and i don't get mad because being honest yeah you know exactly. it's like there's certain things totally being do, honest there's nothing wrong with that and there's stuff you like we talked like you're not gonna be able to do everything out i there. can't do
2: a leg drop i have the worst leg drop in the world so you don't do it never
3: yeah haven't done one ever see there you go so you <laughs> so if i were work you i just like leg, <laughs> leg drop me tackle drop down leg drop no
2: like, job. Uh, it. So you said never, you never
3: went to the ring. So, but for some reason, I'm in the dressing room and I'm like, you should walk down the ring. Um, and I don't know, you ever get sometimes that sixth yeah. sense, I guess? Yeah. So I walk down there and it's not barbed wire on the ropes. It's razor wire. Have you ever seen razor wire? Oh, yeah. They look like, and I was, so I'm looking at It's I was razors. Like, it's razors on barbed wire. wire. Legit on razors. Ring. Ring. Yeah. Oh my God. And so I was like, nope. And they're like, what do you mean? And this is barbed wire. I was like, this is not barbed wire. And this is razor wire, and he's like, no, he wants to argue with me about it, and I was like, so I draw my picture because there's no, you know, no phone to bring up the stuff little, like two by eleven. So I was like, do you guys have this in your country? And they're like, oh yeah. And I was like, that's barbed wire. This is razor wire. I was like, bar- I was like, the barbed wire hurts you. It hurts. Right. Razor wire kills. kills yeah. I was like, that's a huge difference. And you drew a picture on a napkin with like two inches by eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I did.
2: So, but, but because you had had barbed wire matches, or as Saibu called them, bob wire matches. Yeah,
3: I've had many barbed wire yeah. matches. Now, these
2: are legit barbed wire in FMW,
3: right? Yeah. Like right. sticking you in. Because when we or, had
2: one with me and Beef Wellington in Calgary, which was, hey, by the way, the first barbed wire match in Canada, that's Mr. True. South Africa. Well, uh, wire match. Wire match. Well, hold on. <laughs> We cut the barbs off you one did. side, and of course, I ended up in the wrong side where there was barbs and got it. And that's hard
3: to get out of that shit. Too. Yeah, you get stuck in it. And, yeah, and you can't move to pull it out. I've been stuck many times hanging. One time, I in Japan, I got hit. I threw, got thrown into it, and I hit it, and I was literally wrapped up hanging with just my feet on the ring apron, and I was hanging over. Oh my gosh! Like over the kind of over the floor, and I. And I couldn't get up. Like, if you
2: move, it hurts. If you stay, it hurts.
3: And but I couldn't even get the momentum to try yeah. to get up. So I had to get the young young girls or young I don't remember who did it was trying to push me from the floor, and I think Goto maybe grabbed me to pull me back because I was just they could have like left me hanging there the whole time because I couldn't move. Like talking about leave me hanging. It's true. Dun, dun, dun. I was like just sitting there, and then. I said, like, before we said, like, the long hair would get caught in it um, all the time. Triple H hit me with a barbed wire bat once on top of the Hell in a Cell. That legit—obviously,
2: they gimmicked it a little bit, but it got stuck in my hair and ripped my hair up. Yeah. It's the worst. It just
3: wraps in there. Yeah. Um, so you get, that's why I started braiding my hair, because at first I didn't braid my mm-hmm. hair. I just put it, like, in a ponytail, mm-hmm. and then, but it would still be, like, all over the place.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. So when you're talking
3: about
2: you drew the pictures of the barbed wire, did they actually come back and get so the barbed wire? So they
3: changed it and they put barbed wire up. Gotcha. Um, so we're in this we're in this show. I, I got awesome heat when I was there. Like I was really hated, um, which is weird. I don't know how people can hate me. I just got such a so sparkling normal. personality. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, it's bubbly. Uh, yeah. My mom says I'm awesome. <laughs> so uh, so I'm getting tons of heat over there. And I'm probably, you know, it's the 90s, so I'm probably not too PC about everything. But everybody's hating me. And they start crushing up cans and, like, serrating the edges. Oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden, and there's a – I did this in, in Vancouver, like, four years ago, where I got heat, and they were just littering the ring with stuff. And I did it with Natch on a show where they're just littering, yeah. like, Throwing For some reason, people right. want to throw stuff at me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. But it should be money. That'd be okay. Mm. But so they started throwing these cans, and I started getting hit. And the ref got hit a couple times and got cut bad. And they're just lit- – and, like, I can't go anywhere. So these guys are throwing tables in the ring, and I'm, like, we're hiding underneath tables until all the everyone's done throwing stuff so I could leave. It was mm. yeah, That was really crazy. Um, and that was at the beginning of the night when I just went in to cut a promo before they even put everything up. So, got really good heat. It was a great match. Um, big pop when he won. Um, we he actually threw you in the bob wire. Yeah, and then he ended up pinning me. Like, I worked, but like, I hate when I watch like deathmatch guys now that hit everything like right off the bat. That never makes sense to me. I right. always milked it. You know what I mean? Like, it should mean something like when you finally get it. Yeah, totally. Um, these guys will just hit stuff right away. I'm like, whatever. So, but, Obviously,
2: once again, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But you mentioned being such a pioneer with the death matches, and so well, I don't know
3: if I was a pioneer, but like I was there, kind of first when they one when they were starting. So. so
2: my point is this: so, so with all the stuff that you had done, mentioned being a top star in Japan at, at a very young age, South Africa, same. Now I sent thing. you
3: the picture today too. You did of, of uh, choking uh, out waiter, yeah, yeah. and
2: you're literally choking him out. If you guys yeah. listen to part one. But let's talk about. what We mentioned on the last episode about how you signed with AEW, and we talked earlier about having two matches in a row. And but this has been a long time coming of signing. Like we were all like kissing babies and slapping hands, and slapping babies and kissing hands when you signed your contract because it was like it was like a real like uh, Rudy like yeah. dream come true, you know? Like
3: the I was actually speechless. I remember when they a- offered me the contract. I thought they were revving me. I tell, actually- <laughs> tell that story quickly. That's great. So Daniels and Cody took me in a room. And
2: Chris Daniels said, Cody wants to talk to you. Yeah. And this is after you'd been there for oh. two, three months. and we forgot to I thought that. I was getting fired. Well, Because you had signed two five-show deals yeah. or whatever it was. So like, you, they were signing you f- for five, and then they'd give you another five. And- yeah. But there's nothing
3: guaranteed. And then sometimes I would just do promos. Right. You know? and So get Daniels comes to get you. So, well, the thing is... I thought it was over something else like you thought you were getting fired. I thought I was going to get let go or whatever. So because I mean I've had that
2: It's happened every time.
3: I've had that hey can you come see us or whatever and I'm like so I go in there and uh I'm like oh my god this is not going to be good and I'm like I get like a little anxiety once in a while so and then my brain starts going crazy and I'm like oh this is not good. So I go in there and, um, yeah, they they offered me a full contract or whatever. And three year um, deal or two year deal or right And then, um, but at first, and so they're off oper- and I was just like sort of sitting there, didn't know what to do or what to say. And then, but they're looking at me and they're kind of smiling. And so I thought, they're ribbing me. <laughs> and I, so I said straight up, I was like, are you ribbing me? And Cody, I don't know if, cause yeah, that's why I asked one time. I was like, I don't think, I don't know if. Cody, like we rib a lot, like right, right, right. We, and so I was like, he's like, no, no, and I was like, maybe he doesn't rib because I don't know if he, he would never rib about something like that. Yeah. That would be, but cruel. that's something would have happened to us back in the day. Yeah, yeah those yeah. guys would have done that. Yeah. So I mean, that's where my that's where started, head yeah. goes right away. And so then I was like speechless, and but the reason why I we're, probably didn't act like I would have in my head, where I'd be like, yeah, and like, but in real life, I was cool. Like, yeah, I was trying to be all cool, but I was also like, oh, my God.
2: And that's when like, when they were talking about, like, what do you think Luther wants like, for his deal? I'm like, a bag of used hockey pucks and huh. a fucking Eugene Levy t-shirt? Like, what do you got? <sighs> you don't care. But the point is, you finally got this major contract, and it was yeah. so amazing. But the reason why it was so amazing, not because you deserve it. You deserve it. And you've had so many years, but you got burned so many times. Yep. You know? And that's what we talked about in episode one. The fact that you signed the contract on March 11th when the world shut down march 12th at midnight yeah. was the first time like that Lenny lucky Lenny <laughs> something was good renny was rocky yeah so, it's true so tell us about the, the the burn notices cuz i remember the, maybe your first one but you tell me what your first one
3: was so which one were you thinking you tell me you know. mexico okay the mexico thing was the cuz that was about 95 Bell. yeah the face of fell. but tell that whole story though oh we did on the last one Well, that was 3 right. years ago Okay. No, we not in part one. Yeah, we talked about the Mexico deal with the peso fell, and that's when I went. Oh, he to thought you were a
2: mechanic. That's right.
3: I I was a mechanic. Mike <laughs> yeah. and the Mechanics. Yeah, yeah they're gonna. But yeah, well, that was a band, wasn't it? Mike and the Mechanics. The
2: Living yeah. Years. That's yeah, that's right. So Paco was going to bring you in. Yes, we talked yeah. about
3: that, and then uh, and that was I still would have went if I didn't get the other opportunity to go somewhere else that paid more. Which was. Uh, that's when I went to South Africa. Gotcha. So so you come back from South Africa and and. And then FMW was pissed off that I went to South Africa. Why you don't be working for WAR at that point? Not the first trip. Oh, yeah, the first trip I was still technically with them because that's when they were like, stop booking me, and that's when you're like, hey, you want to come here? You mean then, they, they many many pissed off? Yeah, many yeah. pissed off, and but then uh, Titans came over. Yeah, like there's there's some some yeah some FMW yeah. guys. Do
2: you remember the call that we? Uh, Oh, what Adams? Brian Adams. Oh my god, dude. Tell that story. Okay. Uh, so the late, well, great, the late the late Brian Adams. Yeah, well, was uh, was amazing at doing imitations. Oh, Im- super good. And he could do Tiger Chung Lee and he could do Mr. Sato. Sato. Sato is
3: what I was trying to think of. Yeah. So
2: and Sato was with us in WA. Sato
3: was like the agent,
2: right? Yeah. Like yeah. He's the guy that f- had the laugh riot attack cuz somebody broke their arm.
3: Oh, he was he was really nice to me though. <laughs> what
2: is it, Brian? Like, this is a younger boy, he do a dive out of the ring, he break us on with two places. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we like that stuff. So I get a call and it's Sato, or what I think and he's like, Hey, we're you're really we're really interested in having you come over here and we want to pay you like some, some big money. For his new company. For his new company. And I was like, Okay, like it sounds good and I've dealt with him before, and he was he was cool with me. But then he's like, the, "We want you to stay as like be Doctor Luther, but a little bit different." And I was like, "Oh, like what's that?" And he's like, "We want you to wear a dress." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "We want you to wear a dress." And so I was thinking about this. I was like, "Wear a dress." And he's and I so then I was like, and Marilyn Manson was big then, and he kind of dressed like yeah, wear he wore dress. dresses and stuff." So I was Cobain. like, "Cobain." Yeah. yeah, so I was like like a Marilyn Manson, kind of like a more gothy looking, like just kind of still like a guy, but kind of strange or whatever. And they're like, he's like, and I'm not going to imitate it because I can't do it. But he's like, no, like a no, like a girl. Like, like a dress with flowers. Yeah. And I was like, huh, as Dr. Luther? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, huh, but the money sounded really good. But then I was like, can I think about it? <laughs> and they're like, he's like, well we need to really we like so we one need to one time only again.
2: offer. You must tell me now. Yeah.
3: And I was like and so but I stuck to my guns, I was like, I I don't know, I gotta think about it. I was like and then so I said again, I was like if I could do like a Marilyn Manson thing maybe And they're like he's like no, like it just address but as Dr. Lou I was like Oh uh, and I was like, I'll think about it and get back to you. And then I didn't get back to him, but then you called me like a day or two later and you're like, hey, what's up? Because we used to talk all, all like, the time. All yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, neither of us were married. And, yeah. And like, you know. And same. this is pre texting emails. Yeah, if you want no to talk texting, to somebody, to talk. We, yeah. But, and we talked a lot. And so you're like, hey, so what's up? And it's like, oh, nothing. And then <laughs> I guess they were no. that's no, typical no. me, right? Like,
2: no, but here's what I remember. Because the reason, the reason why I know this because I was with Brian Adams. Yeah. Because he had gotten bent. When you called and
3: you are trying to get it out of me. <laughs> hey, how's your burger? Why do you take a bite of your burger? <laughs> you're like, what's up? I was like, nothing. And you're like. Are you sure? Like, you get really? any calls at all? <laughs> That's what you said. You're like, <laughs> have you been talking to people? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, are you in any wrestling? I was like, well, just, you know, some local stuff or whatever. Because at the time I was in Vancouver and you were elsewhere yeah you were yeah. elsewhere and you're like you're in WCW right yeah, yeah. and um you're like so no one has been calling you and then I was like why would you be asking <laughs> like it was just well the
2: weird. first one he called because I orchestrated this because he had gotten Benoit with Tiger Chung Lee because Tigers didn't you didn't he call bret Hart well, he did Bret Hart too bret. as tiger as well but he he the first time he called you as Sato I had him say, if you're, if you're just ready, call me at three five two two five 25 And you actually said, Sato called me, but I, his number didn't work. And I said, well, that's crazy. Maybe he'll call you back. Call him back. And that's when you went into Lenny no cell mode. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> and then you're like, you're because gonna- Sato had called me before, yeah, sure, sure. you know, so that's why I was like, "Oh!" And it sounded just like him. But
2: let, but let's talk about this. So, so you, this was just the rib. But so if you're talking about American companies at the time, ECW, WCW, and WWE,
3: I wrestled all of them.
2: So tell us about each one. ECW, what happened? So ECW, I went there. This is the original with Paul Heyman. Yep. ECW arena
3: that time. Yep. So I went. To have, like, my tryout or whatever you want to call it. I had a couple matches there, uh, flew out, and um, I thought they went really good. He said they went really Who's good. Who did you wrestle with? I wrestled. Um, He's not
2: going to tell you the truth.
3: Well, I wrestled Mike Awesome right. one match, which we've wrestled a million times before, so right. I know that match went yeah, good. Yeah. And then I wrestled. Um, uh, he was... George Dumblebee. No. Dave I'm just drawing a blank on the name B. right B. now. All right, wrestle somebody else. It was the from the um, Fantastics. Tommy uh, Rogers? Tommy Rogers. Oh, he was a pretty good writer. I almost was thinking Tommy Dreamer, but it wasn't Tommy right. Dreamer. Uh, Tommy, yeah. Roger I, it was,
2: Daltrey, I think
3: his name was. I wrestled Roger Daltrey, yeah.
2: <laughs> so you wrestled Tommy. How would that go? Because he was a great. Uh, it rocker. was
3: good. I thought it went good. It was just, you know, the, the classic when you go into a, a arena and no one knows who you are. Right. But you know, I try. I got heat or whatever, or tried to get his best. Were you there good. as Luther? Yep. With the gimmick. With my whole like devil weird. So what happened with that then? So, I wrestled do the matches. They said they're really good. He, you know, pays me a little bit, and he's like, yeah, I just you know, right now we're having. He he was pretty upfront. He's like, we're having like money issues right now. We can't really. I can't bring you in.
2: I think honestly, um, not to be a dick, but there was something wrong there. Did did you use points to get there or frequent flyers? Yeah, or I flew my. Th- yeah, because yeah. I got you the the uh, addition, and you yeah. flew yourself there. Yeah, so he couldn't afford to
3: fly yeah, you from couldn't the west bring coast. Bring in, right? and then he's like, and I was like, well, I can move and stuff, like because I have no problems with right. that stuff, and he was just like, I, we just can't afford. It. Like I couldn't pay very well yeah. or whatever. Because like a couple of the guys were like Mike was there and stuff, but he was working for him, like nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And I couldn't work for nothing. Of course. You know, I needed you to, still make to make some, some money. money you know? so,
2: so that was ECW.
3: Then so, we're... I was, so I think I probably would have got a job there. If, if you lived you know... in,
2: like, freaking you know,
0: uh, Philly, yeah. you would have been there. I think so, yeah, for yeah. sure. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
3: So then what happened Uh, with WCW? So then WCW, I go, and... um, I think it went. It went so so. I mean, I
2: like so tell the story. is that in Kelowna or something?
3: I wrestled. Yeah, you're it was cool. Cap? Well, I did a couple shows, but then I was like, they, you know how they have you sometimes as like security guys yeah. or whatever, like back, you know, backstage talent or whatever. So it was cool. I mean, you still, you still can make a payday, but um, then I'm wrestling in Kelowna against Vampiro, and so I talked to him the day before, and he was. Not super cool. He's not cool. Um, he was pretty drugged out, in my opinion. I'm mm. um, not a drug counselor, but he, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Well, maybe you but should be. I should be, but I don't know. I, and I even was super nice. I was like, hey, we've you know, we wrestled the same – because he wrestled in W.R. Hey, we've worked for the same companies in Japan and just wanted to say hi because we're working tomorrow or whatever. And I always feel like I get along with people in the dressing room. Like I've talked You're to You're a get-along guy, yeah. And he's just being a dick. Like and what's then, he saying? Like, he didn't like you. And so hates I, me. I noticed a couple people, people that had heat with you, then had heat with right, me right, right, right off the bat. Right. And I was like, whatever, dude. So we go over the match. And then um, – Is this a tryout match? Is it a dark match? Is it on TV? It's on the TV. It you was were the on- very last Worldwide. Oh, okay. right yeah. on. So we go out and we have all this stuff. But then he's, like, kind of no-selling my shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm selling all his stuff, and then uh, time for me to do stuff. And he's like, no, we got to take it home. And I was like. Hey. I
2: wish you would have choked him out like he didn't later. like, you're an
3: idiot. But then that day before, he comes up to me actually before the matches, and he's like, hey, I just want to apologize. Like, I didn't know who you were yesterday. And then people were telling me, and like, yeah, you were, like, big in Japan. And then, like, just, you know, sorry for how I acted. I was like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, you're, you're yeah. a dick. I don't really care about yeah. So that's how that went, but then they said, "Oh yeah, you you did really good, and um, we are looking to maybe offer you a contract or whatever." And I was like, "Holy sh- shoot, that's really cool!" And then it turns out they're like, this is, "This is Terry Taylor, right?" Mm-hmm. And another guy that I couldn't tell you. Right. So tell you know, the, tell the, the Terry Taylor, yep. has the contract, and he kind of also he kind of knew me from before because when in WWF when I went, he would, had been there when I first got my offer to come and try out there at that time too. I forgot
2: about it before. Yeah,
3: so that went before. So I think he, that was a carryover or whatever too. And so then they're talking about the deal which sounded really awesome.
2: What was the deal?
3: Um, it was like three years. and For what? One, I want to say like 130 and then like what? 210 and then 300. Like was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome money. Um, but WCW is throwing yeah, exactly. money around big time. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, that's game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Even to, to this day, Stan, sure. that's like, crazy yeah. good And so I was like, awesome. So then they're talking about like, oh, your, your work program. I was like, oh, I don't, I was still living in Canada at the time. And I was like, oh, I don't have a work program. I'm, I'm-. And they're like, what? And I was like, at the time, my girlfriend was from America who, you know, I was like, well, my girlfriend's American. And they're like, oh, you're not married. Like you, should marry her. I was like, uh, like I don't want to do that just to get right. there. And that even that takes time. Like they just don't give it to you. Right? So then I was like, well, I don't have a thing. And so they start to pull this paper back. There's on the ground. The papers on the table. Yeah, and he's pulling it back. Well, everything gets pulled back. And then this other guy, like he's he's the one that has a brief. I don't even know. I don't remember who he was. He must have been like the actual lawyer dude. or something. Yeah. Like that. And then I was like, and then he said, well, we'll tell you something we're not really supposed to be not telling people. But um, we're we're not signing people we have to get permits for because we're actually going in a bit like we're selling. Right. You know, so I knew they were selling to WWE before because he just basically told me that. So if I would have had my American visa at the time, then I would have got signed. But I didn't yet. I didn't get a work permit until like a couple of years later. So
2: tell us about the WWE one because let me tell you a little story about that. When I first signed with WWE, which was August of '99, and I, I think back on it now, like what the f- who, like I was like, hey, hey Vince, I got this other guy. And like I've been there for like two. Mu- I remember I, I remember talking to him at the Target Center, in Minneapolis, which was like a month after I signed. So I got this other guy and you should take a look at him. And I remember saying, was he a good person? I'm like, he's a great guy. He's like, that's all we care about here is good people. I'm thinking back, I was like, whatever. <laughs> but I, you and I made a highlight tape. You made, well, I made one and then you remade it. But I had, like this is old school VHS. Yeah. And I remember it was to the Call of Cthulhu Metallica, from Metallica. Yeah. And it was a really cool video. And I remember I, I took it to an editing place. Like I'm not an editor at all. And we put this together and think, listen, obviously we're best buds, but what the fuck was I thinking? I'm not even over. I'm a nobody. And all I'm caring about is trying to get my friend in. And they hated me at this point in time. You had no chance of getting in because I was so hated. But I was just thinking, well, you bring in guys that deserve to get a chance. So I made this video and I gave it
3: to whoever, Bruce Prichard, whatever. and then... They flew you in for a trial. Well, so what happened was though I had sent a video in myself too, mm-hmm. like I made one, but I made mine more. So you made that one like Japan style, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I made one that was more almost like a snuff porn film. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it didn't like get signed. <laughs> well, so. Like, it has me tied up, hanging with, like, <laughs> uh, electrical tape all over everything. And then I have, like, girls in, like, leather, like, running what around What girls do you know that other. wore leather? Well, I had a couple, like, uh, friends. friends. And then uh, I had, like, Lonnie was in it. And so <laughs> this girl's, like, walking around whipping, and, like, Lonnie's in, like, a wife beater with a <laughs> tennis ball in his mouth, taped in his mouth, tied to a chair. Like, just dumb stuff for, like, him dancing. It was really weird. So, anyways, when I ended up going to Titan Towers, when I got flown in, I was there. They flew into Titan Towers. Yeah, so I was there for like a week. The first what? first trip.
2: Well, I don't know I know nothing about this? Tell me the story.
3: Okay, well, so I'll get I'll get into that. But it, it, when I when I'm there, we go up. You go upstairs to the um, cafeteria, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to the cafeteria, and I don't know anybody there, like, at all. So I'm upstairs, and I'm waiting in line, and this guy comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey." Are you Dr. Luther? And I was like Kind of You know A little marked out I was like Yeah And it was Kevin Kelly mm-hmm. And he's like I, th- I thought so um, I just wanted to say Like we got your, your Promo tape In here a while ago And I don't know this guy So I know it's not a rip Because no one knows Who right. I am or whatever And he goes I gotta say like That was like The best promo tape We've ever got And he goes I've had nightmares About that for Like a couple months <laughs> Cause it was so different, right, right? Right? And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Because in in between clips of like this snuff porno stuff, I'd put action shot or action videos of me doing stuff in the ring. Right? And it was like completely different. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got flowing out there, stayed for a week, had some a bunch of matches, like at the training center
2: there. Mm-hmm. Where, who was down there?
3: Like who's the teachers? Pritchard was gotcha. there. Yeah. So I think there's like eight guys or something like that. And I would say four of them were good, good, yeah. And then four were I don't know why they were there. I remember
2: this now, yeah.
3: They were terrible. And you had to
2: work with those guys,
3: and yeah. yeah, and so yeah, it was bad. Like basically, when they were in there, like a couple of them, we had to like do matches, and like I remember two matches. The guys were in there and were so bad, Pritchard would stop them. And Pritchard had to call their stuff for them as they were doing it, Mm. like himself. And I was like, why are you here if you have to have that done? Um, So he liked my matches. I got good reviews because he would watch, videotape, and then review everything. So I got good reviews on mine, but I have, like, just working totally broomsticks. You know, they were not good. And uh, then we had to do promo stuff. I remember I cut up one of my promos was on you because they, mm-hmm. they told me like pick some in there so I picked you and my promos I thought were pretty good because I hadn't they don't give you really time to like write anything out like it's sort of Just like right yeah. there and then it's like hey do a thirty second do a one minute those are easy but then like one of them was like do a five minute and I was like who does a five minute promo <laughs> right, right,
1: right.
3: you know what I mean like. Uh-huh. But I got through it. It was cool. That was the one I was talking about. You and I just went into talking about like doing tour, like tra- like it, it, it. turns into almost storytelling sure, at that point. So and the other guys, their their promos were uh, Vince. I'll wash your car. Or, like I'll mow your lives. Like so, your your whole promo is your begging, right? You know, so it's like. Huh. So he's like, oh, all these promos are the shits and blah blah blah. And then he comes back the next day, and this is one thing that I still remember. I'm kind of proud of because. I rewatched everyone's promos. I got to change my mind. Like this, Lenny's promos were were really really good. Like um, they were so bad all day. I just lumped them all in together until mm-hmm. I watched them. And he's like, "You stayed in character the whole time," and they were awesome. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So what did that lead so, to? Nothing. <laughs> so why? kind of uh, my my name was kicked around a couple times. Well, I had some dark. I had some dark matches. Yeah, the dark in ma- Vancouver. Yeah, I know Joe. that. Just Joe, which was a bomb. Um, he, he sandbagged. I never want to say something. I'll say it. Up. He sandbagged you. Yeah, it wasn't good. He actually, when they were in the back, like started to give us trouble. He actually, he did take the blame. He said it was him. But
2: here's, I never told you this, but from what <laughs> but, I recall, Bruce Pritchard said, "Like we love him, we're gonna sign him. We just want to watch him in his match." And when it was done, it was never spoke of again. Yeah, from what I recall, like that match did not go good, and they just forget it, blaming you because he was under contract. as like, what?
3: I was there for every spot, dude. Like I didn't. No, no, it, wasn't, Nick, it wasn't you. Yeah, it was him. Um, and actually, Joe was cool because Joe actually said the tr- like said I screwed up or whatever. Like it was, it was. Me, so what, it was but, after that
2: match? Were you ever called again?
3: Um, no, but I heard that I was still on their radar because I was told from a couple people a few different things. I was told that I was going to be... They were thinking of putting me in a tag team with a guy named Gangrel. You know Gangrel? Because they said we both kind of looked alike, which He's I actually right. to this day still get so people... They thought you were Gangrel when you, when you first I showed here. up.
2: Yeah. It was Gangrel so, and Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> and, Giant uh, Billy Corgan. Um, so... There was talk about me and him doing the brood thing, and then I lost that job out to two of our friends instead. Oh, yeah, right. was right.
2: um, two young upstarts,
3: but there was the guy from Minnesota, or and that, and then, and so then the second second thing that I was kind of kicked around about was Don's group, the, oh, with the, the oddballs, yeah. Um, but Are they then the oddballs, oddities should have been the oddballs, <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> <oddballs>. been better. <laughs> better. <laughs> um, but then they put like more guys that were already in their group right. that weren't getting over into there. And so I kind of lost, lost out on that. And then they were, I was told when I did the WRP thing that they were wanting to put me in some guy they were wanting to, to work with from Minnesota but wanted to try him out. And, they, and I was told that my name was really high up on their stuff. So I always was on their radar. And then this guy, I guess, shit the bed so bad after a couple times they just scrapped the whole thing. And then that was, that was it.
2: And then you're so, – we talked about this. You're going to do something with Impact with your
3: – Impact, but then I tore my tricep. So uh, you became
2: kind of like the lonesome loser, like Pig Pen yeah. with the rain falling. But that's totally. all gone now. Yeah. And that's that's like the best story of redemption. Like I love that story, you know?
3: It's kind of almost like – I don't know, like Rocky Rocky's story or what? I don't even know what you'd say. Like, But just, here's the
2: thing too is that now that you're in AEW – Everyone looks up to you because they realize right away this guy's. like think MG,
3: that. Well, MJF
2: won't leave you alone. He's like, oh, he's awesome. Man. Lenny said he's gonna do the claw. I'm like, Lenny's got a five minute squash. He's gonna beat the shit out of. The guy. He's probably not gonna do any comedy. But if he's here for another month, he will do the claw for you. Whatever. I
3: will. Is. But because I because I do like doing comedy, and you always tell me don't do comedy. Well, not now. No. My
2: point is, it's like you know, don't put a f- pile on your head and act like a witch at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but when Which, the time was right, you can. So, my point is, though, now that you have this 33 year career and now you're here in AW, and maybe two months ago or three months ago, maybe they didn't know you, but now guys like Dustin Rhodes, one of the most experienced guys, is one of your biggest fans. Awesome, and, dude. you know, Tony Khan knew nothing about you, and Cody Rhodes, who appreciate your attitude, and QT and MJF, and all these guys watching your matches going, This guy's really good. And it's like, We know.
3: That's redemption for you. That must feel pretty cool. My thing, like I said the other day, is, like, I th- I felt like everything's been, you know, pretty good. I just, you know, a little rusty because especially after, you know, taking a little time off here because of everything. I was like, if it's pretty good now, rusty, I was like, just wait until I get back in yeah. my, like, groove groove. You're going to see yeah. for real. I mean, dude, I did a top rope helo to the outside, like. It was great. At my... Age and size, it's pretty at your, good.
2: It's <laughs> your advanced experience,
3: yeah. Um, and I was pretty proud that I did that like, no, it, no problem. All the stuff you've been doing, you invented a you new know? move tonight, I've never seen before, which
2: is great. Um, last story because they're all waiting for us downstairs to go drink the wet cloth uh, that's another thing, too. Our company is so much camaraderie, like, people hang out, they want, like them.
3: I said before, I love it. Everybody's so great.
2: Last story, tell it, uh, t- tell it, uh uh, 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 not quickly, but tell it succinctly. Rapungi uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pull a Martin short as, uh, as David Susskind or David Steinberg Rapungi, Dr. Luther Chris Jericho Christopher Lloyd
3: oh, go geez. okay so um, we're in Rapungi. it's a big party area in Tokyo big party area so Christopher Lloyd comes in there this is Doc Emmett Brown but see everybody's everybody's version of this is different <laughs> Because I don't know if you know this, but, like, I could throw some drinks down back in the day. <laughs> Best Isaac. we're
2: going uh, from one bar to the other. Uh, can you finish drinking you had a giant drink? You went, g- 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 let's go. <shawmoil> <Companies> <gracious> you slammed it But i do
3: that all the time, like, no problem. Yeah. And then I'd get super loaded ski. And then puke into a, p- what is it called, Pringles can. <laughs> that was on the way back to the airport. So- <laughs> I was. So, that was when they were, like... He sh- we shall not work together again. We again. So go back to Rapungi. We go to Rupungi. Uh And I, didn't I also throw up in front of some Brazilian models? <laughs> it was the same night. I've got pictures of it. <laughs> you were passed out in front of the bar, and I was making fun of you in front of him, and all of a sudden I was just like, oh. <laughs> he's puking, he's puking, he's puking. <laughs> Hold on. So
2: let's go back to the Oh, my God.
3: We were, we were terrible. Oh, oh. you,
2: me. Christopher Lloyd, Rapungi, Do Tell. <laughs> so we're in the bar and Christopher Lloyd comes in. I remember he, He's over in the side. We're like we're like, holy shit, is that Christopher Lloyd?
3: Yeah. And um I remember. see I remember too, he was trying to like want to pick up girls or something. And of course I was he was. Like, and I was like, Oh, we we picked and then so, so are we. Yeah, so are we. And so but then I wanted to get I was like, we gotta get a present for long-. like my brother's an actor, right. right? So I thought it was his birthday coming up. What's I want to get him a, a present, and so <laughs> I was so drunk I thought if I could get Christopher Lloyd's driver's license, you pickpocketed that- Christopher Lloyd. I didn't though. You did. You well, pickpocketed him. To I got his license. like a piece of paper. You
2: still pulled the piece <laughs> of paper, which was a laundry for the hotel. Out of his pocket—that's pickpocketing. Pickpocket oh. doesn't tell you what. Well, you I wasn't very good at Out it. of the pocket, you pick something out of his pocket. Well, look what I got, and it was like it's a fucking laundry. Receipt. I've never
3: done anything like that before, so I wasn't very good. <laughs> but like, what goes through my mind? Thinking, I got to get this guy's driver's license. I
2: know. <laughs> so you go pickpocket, you come but back anyways, with
3: laundry receipt. <clears throat> I go back, and then we end up talking, and the dude like likes me, like totally, like I don't know, talks a lot. And then we're talking, and then you then you came over. I came
2: back. I came over because like,
3: you wanted him to do imitations. well Because I'm an idiot. I, I see Titans, Titan. Titan, Titan, Dude, Titan was burning his jacket
2: behind him with a cigarette, and I was like, Titan was doing? burning his jacket. Well, so what's worse, burning someone's jacket or pickpocketing them? I think burning his jacket. <laughs> so, but I go over like, okay, well, if Lenny's talking to him, like he's really gonna love me because Lenny's a you know, definitely an idiot. Boy. And I go over, i like, hey, hey, uh, hey, Marty. Can you take it to eighty-eight point eight gigawatts? You, and I'm thinking, and then I look back now. How many assholes go up to Christopher Lloyd and imitate Dr. Brown? A bunch Brown? of people in the bar were doing and it. And he goes, "Oh, by the way, that's a terrible imitation." And it's one point two one gigawatts. And he turns his back. and I'm like, F-. and meanwhile, you're just right in there. It's like the hottest chick in the bar, except for Christopher Lloyd. And all he wants to do is talk to you.
3: And he actually did a Jimmy Gutowski imitation for me when I he ended up doing that. For- <laughs> Sorry, booby. And then uh, we went out because I was like, "You gotta, can you call my brother?" (laughs) So he was like, "Okay." And this is no cell phones. (laughs) This is
2: telephone cards, the payphone. You guys have to go inside. It. We went. That's why he loved
3: you. We walked three blocks. I could not find an international phone, so I find a domestic phone because they have different ones there. And so I pick up the domestic phone. I was like, "Can you please patch me through to international calling?" And they're like, "We don't do that." I was like, "This is an emergency." I got Christopher Lloyd here. I need to, this. I actually kept saying, "Like it's an emergency. You need to call this number international." And she, they eventually patched me through, and it was like a big thing. <laughs>
2: they patched me through.
3: Yeah, Christopher yeah. Lloyd. you myself, Christopher Lloyd, your Lamarche. <laughs> and then uh, so they call, and then stupid Lonnie doesn't answer his phone. So it just goes through Answer Machine. So anyways, but Christopher Lloyd gives gives me his number, right? So he writes his number down. And I'm thinking, oh, this has got to be a bullshit number or whatever. And we're leaving to come back. Okay,
2: so hold on. You come back, and I'm like, where's Christopher Lloyd? Because you just split from the bar. And I think that was the night with the Brazilian models or maybe whatever. There was girls there. And and I was like, I don't care about the girls. Where's Lenny? And you come back, and you're like, yeah, you know, we tried to call Lonnie and – Probably had some dip. He's gone, and I'm like, and you're, and you're such an asshole too. You're like, oh well, you know, you know that you got the upper hand. He gave me his number and there's a piece of paper, and he literally, it's like a little kid. Hello, Chris Jericho. Hello, Doctor Luther. Like you, you instead of writing just like Chris, you wrote down Christopher Lloyd, and you wrote down a phone number. Next day, we go to the airport Narita. After you, I'm amalgamating stories. You
3: almost puked at Pringles can. Whatever oh it was, God. I was not so good. So we dude. get
2: to the airport and. You show me his number I'm like call him
3: dude See if it's real We did We went to a call But So we We called But we're like I don't know why we were you scared You called You were we, scared Yeah I was scared shitless yeah. So I did a really cheesy German accent <laughs> 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 Which I've never even been to Germany I don't know even know How to do You're a German accent going to Germany So what's the accent oh, I can't even repeat it I don't even know so, I don't know. it's Christopher Lloyd there. Something like that. And then but the uh whoever ever answered it was his uh maid or something and she's like, "Oh no, he's he's in Japan filming." So I was like, "This is his actual home number. He gave me his home phone number." <laughs> just some <summarizing> random some dude <laughs> who's going to help him pick up girls in a bar in Japan. This is like uh, and this we, we got to end this off. But this
2: is like when you met Rob Halford on the street who also gave you his number <laughs> for a different reason. <laughs> Cause I remember, us, I remember us sitting at the phone, and you're like, "Oh my god, what happened? He's he's not home. His mate says he's in Japan." And we're like,
3: "Yes, he gave me his number." Yeah, and, and then I, course, so I gave that to Lonnie for his birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and he never called him. And, and the rest is history. <laughs> and on
2: that note, we shan't work together again, except for here in AW. And then we'll do another one of these. <laughs> Twenty more. <laughs>